Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Someone stole a street sweeper. This man stole a street sweeper. Oh, hell no. Y'all see this? Oh, he going to the pond. No, man, no. Ah, stolen street sweeper led Richmond, Indiana police on a hot pursuit Sunday morning at extremely low rates of speed, 10 to 15 miles per hour. Did they steal the street sweeper or did they walk by and there's a street sweeper maybe running and you think, you know, I'm going to jump up and drive that thing, which I could actually see me doing at my current age. I'm going to jump in that thing and drive it down the street. Whatever the fine is, I'll pay it. <laughs> exactly. I've always wanted to. The streets are dirty. I'm the man for my time. <laughs> Jack, police say the driver, 54-year-old Sammy H. Allen of Richmond, Indiana, was reported to be swerving at people like he was trying to hit them at 10 miles per hour <laughs> and driving through residential yards. Uh, it was yards! One, it was 1.30 in the morning. Okay. I uh, think we uh, yeah. all know what we need to know there. One thirty in the morning. Hmm. The officers deployed spike strips, but were mostly unsuccessful due to Alan going slow <laughs> enough to maneuver around them. Again, he was going 10 to 15 miles per hour. Wow, I'm surprised somebody just didn't run up and kind of jump on the thing and climb up there and like grab his wrists and say, all right, knock it off, as opposed well, they, to spike strips at 10 miles an hour. Well, they finally uh, sent the dogs after him. They bit him on the arm, and then he had facial injuries from the struggle with officers. I hope there was no, no uh, you know, unauthorized stick work there. Guy's driving a street sweeper around. Just wait till he runs out of whatever they run on. Go back to bed. It's going to be fine. Nothing to see here. Can we hear the sound one more time? Someone stole a street sweeper. This man stole a street sweeper. Oh, hell no. Y'all see this? Oh, he going to the pond. No, man, no. <laughs> oh, hell no. Y'all see this? Oh, no. Look at him going 10 miles per hour. Swerving at people. Sweeping the streets and whatnot. We're all drunk. How would you not just be laughing? I see a guy jump on a sweet street sweeper and start down the street while I'm drunk at 1.30 in the morning. I can't stop laughing. And quote-unquote swerve at people. (laughs) Oh, man. Sammy probably uh, had one too many that night. So it's the birthday for the Marine Corps, 246 years. Happy birthday to the Marine Corps. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. Didn't get a chance to comment on a story I mentioned about a half hour ago. I just wanted to see if Joe had anything to say about this. Um, The Pentagon announced yesterday it is official. The largest... Navy, the most powerful Navy on the planet, belongs to the the Chinese, the country of China. We have been the biggest, most powerful Navy for at least 75 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in centuries past, the country that had the biggest, most powerful Navy pretty much uh, ruled the roost, whether it was Great Britain, Spain, us, or whoever. Ruled the seas. Is that still the case? Are we letting them get out in front because we don't think having the most powerful navies is important anymore? You know, that's an interesting question. It's a series of questions. The most effective navy, of course, is the real measure. Sure. And ours is, in spite of some of the fairly significant cultural problems going on in the navy right now. I hope that it is. We don't know because we haven't gone to war with this navy against a... uh, a foe of equal power. 
Right, right. At least in numbers, yeah. Um, but it's it's absolutely clear that China is looking to expand its power and project its power as far as they can around the world, and they're building ships like crazy. Yep, they got a third aircraft carrier set set to set sail in February. So yeah, China now China now has the largest maritime battle force on Earth. So there you go. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I have no idea where this ends. I truly don't. Um. There's a lot of debt among millennials. Wanted to mention the inflation numbers that are out. We've got the highest inflation in 30 years, bottom of the hour. Perhaps we'll dig into some of the details on that. But the the latest numbers are out, and everything is going up in price. And, you know, if you go to the grocery store or fill up your car with gas or really buy anything, you're aware of this. But the fact that it's the highest in 30 years and the experts in the Wall Street Journal are saying it ain't going to slow down anytime soon. They expect it to be this way for at least the next six months. 30 years ago, let's see, when we were coming out of 18% mortgages. 18. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, another money segment. Outstanding consumer debt in the U.S. is currently around $14.88 trillion, representing an average individual debt of about $93. uh, $93,000. Oh, I was going to say $93. Who cares? According to data out today that's got to be adults right 93 grand per adult in debt i guess for millennials specifically who range in age from 25 to 40 that's right the upper end of millennials are now 40 year olds so hmm. uh, i mean that's that's full on into adulthood there so if you're uh, if you're still using the millennials this millennials that you got to blame it on gen z now i guess absolutely for young people knuckleheads Millennials owe an average of about $87,000, so right in keeping with everybody else. What is all that debt add up to? Where does it come from? Average credit card debt of about $4,000. Average personal loan debt of other kinds around twelve grand. Average auto loan debt, $19,000. Then the average student loan debt, which is the bulk of it for young people, about $39,000. Wow, so that does not include a mort gauge. No, they consider that a secured debt. They don't consider okay. car loans a secured debt because For good reason. most of the time you're upside down. Yes. Yeah. Your home, generally, you are not upside down. It is worth whatever debt is on it. So if you had to get out of it, you could. Unless you are driving a 1933 Dusseldorf or the Batmobile, <laughs> your car is not going up in value. <laughs> the Batmobile. That's funny. <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know. The, the fact that student loan debt is the biggest number by far is kind of interesting. That would not have been true in decades previous at all. Well, you have to invest to get a cubicle job that uh, doesn't fulfill you and has nothing to do with your degree. you got to spend six figures. Everybody knows that. One thing we didn't mention, so we were talking about this new college that they're trying to start in Austin, Texas. And mm-hmm. it's going to be taking on uh, everything that's wrong with universities all around the world. Certainly love in it, America. Love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the wokeism and, and uh, the, the multiple layers of the, the diversity specialists and all this different sort of stuff that they're going to eliminate. I wonder what it's going to cost to go to school there. I wonder how they're going to handle that. I don't know. That's, you know, to be seen. But I'm sure it will be significantly less expensive than the bloated, bloated uh, alternative universities. You know, the, the main idea is the free exchange of ideas. They want to have a university where ideas are exchanged, which is just radical and crazy. 
Um, and since we mentioned uh, inflation briefly, just to give you the actual numbers, the inflation hit a three-decade high in October, rising an annual 6.2%. We've been living with 2% inflation for as long as I can remember. But the annual, Less than that. Well, the annual is 6.2%. Moving up. The goal of the Fed is always to keep it at around 2%, and they usually try to make that happen with uh, various monetary policies, including the insurance rate or the uh, the interest rates, but the interest rates are practically zero, so you can't do anything about that. Right, right. Yeah, ay, ay, ay. This is not good, and they're trying as hard as they can to pass that Build Back Venezuela package. God knows what that'll do to uh, inflation. All those moderate Democrats said, "Yeah, we just need a little time for the uh, uh, the CBO to score it, and we'll get an idea of." Uh, what it actually costs. Then if it if fits, we'll, we'll, we'll vote for it. I pray they were misleading the squad. I pray they were jerking the progressive caucus around, because if that goes through, Katie bar the door, whatever that means. I, I wonder how it's going to uh, weigh on people's mood over time. As you continue to go to the grocery store, you continue to get gas, and it's just that, that bad feeling you get when gas is so expensive, or that bad feeling you get when groceries are so expensive. It just makes you feel bad. And sure. worried. It makes you worry about your future. Right. It's politically explosive. It it could be it could be the most powerful political motivator we've seen in, you know, 25, 30 years. Oh, absolutely. And it's not something you can turn around very even if you had the tools to be able to do it, which they don't, like you know, we were just talking about interest rates. Even if there's something you could do about it quickly as a politician, um, well, you can't do it quickly. That's my point. Even if you had something you could do with tools, it takes a long time for these sorts of things to turn around. Yep, so, complicated. So inflation's almost certainly going to be here for the next election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The midterms, oh, yeah, guaranteed. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of the, the culture of the Navy and that sort of thing, um, I want to talk a little bit about the U.S. Navy naming a ship after Harvey Milk, the gay rights leader of San Francisco. Okay. The pros and cons, and the life he actually lived, and whether it matters. Christened by a uh, transgender officer over the weekend? Fantastic. China's Navy, probably not spending a lot of time worrying about that sort of stuff. Maybe that's why we're better than them. Maybe that's the argument. That's an argument, certainly. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about the USNS Harvey Milk, launched in San Diego on Saturday. When we come back, stay with us. Someone posted a photo of a sign from a Texas bar that says, in all caps, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You will be skipped if played before December 1st on the jukebox. After December 1st, the song is only allowed one time per night. I don't hate Mariah Carey and I don't hate Christmas. But the general manager of Stone Lee P says customers play Mariah's mega hit too often and too soon before Christmas. One person tweeted, is this the war on Christmas I've heard about? The star responded with a photo of herself in body armor ready for battle. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Tough to pick a side in that culture war. That's awesome. God, Obviously, it's not too early for the customers. If the although you got a, a small minority of customers, oh, right? Yeah, exactly. who want to hear it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
If I'm at some establishment and somebody plays Mariah Carey's Christmas song in early November, ah, boo, boo. If they play it twice, we're fighting. Yeah. So here's where we end our careers. Oh, no, not geez. really. Not really. Not really. The U.S. Navy launched the USNS Harvey Milk in San Diego on Saturday, named after the first openly gay man elected a public office in California. And he was a Korean War veteran, volunteered, served in the military. Mm-hmm. So, he was uh, dishonorably discharged because they asked him about his sexual activity and he wouldn't answer or whatever. Um, and and you could portray him as a victim of anti-gay prejudice uh, back in his day. And all that's fine in terms of naming a ship after him. I don't know that his naval career had any real distinction in terms of being a a good naval officer or sailor or or a leader of men or anything like that. I I just I don't even know. No, no. Um, Him getting a ship named after him seems to me to be completely a this is how okay we are with gays in the military now. Yeah, it's a giant woke gesture to gays. My problem with the man is that he had a history of of grooming, seducing, and and molesting minor boys. Harvey Milk, very famous, is the first openly gay, you know, uh, elected official in America in San Francisco. He was assassinated. But they always leave out of the fact that he was not assassinated because he was gay. They always just let you jump to that conclusion. But that's not right. why he was assassinated. It was a personal beef. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a famous biography of him, The Mayor of Castro Street, The Life and Times of Harvey Milk, in which the author, Randy Schultz, makes clear that he had a predilection for teenage boys. He would find troubled teenage boys, runaways. He would feed them booze and drugs, coerce them into sexual acts. And uh, and, and one, 25-year-old Jack Lira, ended up hanging himself from Harvey Mills, uh, Milk's back porch oh my God. in 1978. Now, we know personally of sexual predators of this sort who target troubled teenage boys... Uh, we may have even worked with one in the past and who ruin lives, who seduce, drug and rape for their own pleasure without regard to the damage they do. It does horrible damage and still, to these kids it's still going on. It's amazing that that seems like to me it's the last uh, uh, the, the last holdout of not waking up to modernity around this whole Me Too issue. Mm-hmm. is the adult gay men and underage boys. Teenage boys, yeah. 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 You know, Milo Yiannopoulos talked about this, and he said, well, there's kind of a thing in the gay community where kids realize they're gay, they don't know what to do, who to turn to, whatever, and they find an older guy who kind of tutors them and lets them know it's okay, blah, blah, blah. He got murdered for that murdered for discussing it without screaming outrage about its existence at the time because he's conservative and because you know he's, he's granted he was a provocateur and he provoked people but you remember he tried to describe that situation and was absolutely canceled for it flayed for it conceivably now you can, there's no consent if somebody's a minor Right. According to every law in the land. Right. It's right. Now, now, if there's a 19-year-old teenage boy and a 17-year-old teenage boy, that's a different thing. 
It's a different thing completely. But to overlook a grown-ass man in his 30s and his 40s, seducing teenage boys, drugging them, loading them with alcohol, coercing them into having sex acts, and some of them kill themselves or become hopeless drug addicts, to celebrate that by naming a ship after that person, that's overlooking an awful lot. Can you point out to me a parallel? Well, certainly if you had it the same story, but it was heterosexual sex, some 40-year-old guy uh, sexing up high school girls, you're not going to get a ship named after you. No. He was also an enormous supporter of uh, of Jim Jones and the, uh, the Jonestown cult. He praised the cult over and over again, including after the mass suicide. He said it was a great experiment that didn't work. I don't know. Maybe it did. I just... That is how far people will suspend their reasonableness and usual standards to make that sort of gesture. Did the guy also do some good things, some really good things for gay rights? Of course he did. It's been well documented. But it just shocks me that that sort of thing is uh, just overlooked in the name of celebrating something or other. So Kyle Rittenhouse is taking the stand today in his own defense, being accused of murder. If you don't know that story, we'll remind you of it, and we'll have some of that testimony for you coming up. If you miss an hour of the show, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com and grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A 17-year-old kid from out of state, a boy from out of state, Drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots and kills a couple of people, uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like uh, rent-a-cop. And it's not good that a 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Little media montage there of people prejudging young Kyle Rittenhouse, who did indeed get involved in some violence and ended up shooting three people too fatally during the arsons and burnings and lootings in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's kind of curious what a big deal they make of him crossing the state line. I don't know if you've ever spent any time on the state line between Illinois and Wisconsin. It's not that exciting. Or, There's not a lot of ceremony to crossing the line. Or any other state line in America. But to the, uh, the the other part of it about a d- domestic terrorist and all that sort of stuff, God dang it, we've got to get out of the habit of uh, judging these stories before we know what we're talking about. It's not good for the country. Multiple media outlets and politicians, including Joe Biden. Joe Biden called him a white supremacist in the absence of any any evidence whatsoever. I well, apologize for that. The trial is going on, and uh, and uh, the star witness for the prosecution, which was the guy who was shot non-fatally. Now, keep in mind, this is a prosecution witness, uh, said this in clip number 60, please, Michael. This is Gage Grosskreutz. With your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? 
Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. So, that was the prosecution's star witness. Yeah. Well, the defense, to my surprise, because the prosecution has utterly failed to prove its case, the defense called the defendant to the stand. And the reason I'm surprised by that is because the the prosecution has done so poorly, and they knew they would. They had to prosecute the boy, even though they they knew they had no case, for political reasons. There was so much pressure from activists, the black community, whatever. They had to go through with this dog and pony show. Um, So they went ahead and did it. Um, so you think in a normal situation, there's just no way that he even brought charges? Right, right. They would have uh, hit him with some minor firearms or reckless endangerment or something like that. Something fairly minor, just so people got a feeling that we did something to this guy for bringing a gun. And as I've said before, and, and Jack agrees, uh, having a 17-year-old with a rifle in that situation is probably not a great oh, idea. In fact, no. it's surely not a good idea. No, bad things like this are going to happen. Yeah, yeah, indeed, though he was not the aggressor in any way, shape, or form. But I am surprised he's taken the stand since it looked like it, it, the, the the deal was won by the defense. Normally, you only do that as a defense attorney if you're, if you're desperate. Or, I suppose, if your defendant is just so good that you know it'll help. Anyway, having said that, uh, young Mr. Rittenhouse, who is now 18, did indeed take the stand. Uh, there, We have several clips of him testifying. Let's start with clip 65. Kyle, where do you reside? Walworth County. How old are you? 18. On August 25th of 2020, did you come to downtown Kenosha to look for trouble? No. Would you have shot Joseph Rosenbaum if he hadn't chased you trying to take your firearm? Objection, leading. I guess I'm still leading. Would you... I'll get to it. So we've got another clip. Uh, they're talking about the death of, uh, what was Rosenbaum's first name? I can't remember. He's a uh, convicted child molester who had been perpetrating various acts of violence throughout that night, uh, observed by many individuals and on videotape. Um, he'd also uh, threatened to effing kill uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, give us uh, 66, please. Mr. Rosenbaum was walking with a steel chain, and he had a blue mask around his face. And um, he was just mad about something. Me and me and Mr. Balch were asking people if they needed medical help, and then he screamed, "If sorry for my language, he screamed, if I catch any of you f-ers alone, I'm going to f-ing kill you." And that was directed at you and Mr. Balch. It, it, it was directed at both of us, what I believe. And then 67. There was a second occasion where he threatened you. Yes. Um, um, the second time was outside of the car source, um, and I, I don't think I don't know if it was directed towards me, but I heard it. He said to, I believe it was Joanne Fiedler, Dustin Colette, and uh, another guy. He's he was screaming. He said, "I'm going to cut your fucking hearts out." And kill. I'm not going to repeat the second word, but kill you and words. And then uh, some more testimony about while he was trying to walk away from a com uh, a conflict, how he was uh, chased and ambushed by Rosenbaum. Sixty-eight. Describe what happens. I 
once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski and there were There were three people right there. This is deep breath, Kyle. That's what I... That's what I wrote. <laughs> And that's, that's where they take a break. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if Joy Reid is running that later in the day, uh, mocking the white supremacist for breaking down on the stand about thinking he was going to die as he got confronted by these lunatics. And then having to take a human life to protect himself is the worst moment of his life so far and probably for the rest of it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I've watched a lot of video um, of that night, uh, some of which has been used in evidence in the trial. And it's absolutely indisputable what happened. This kid was not the aggressor in any way. Should he have been there with a gun? It's up to you to judge that. But he was running around yelling, who needs medical help? Does anybody need a medic? Um, he and his, his folks were there to protect life and property in the face of rioting and burning and looting. Now, maybe you call that vigilantism. Maybe you think we ought to trust the authorities. Maybe you think the authorities laid down and, and, and it was up to private citizens to protect themselves. Um, but the one thing I know for sure, this guy was not the aggressor and he pulled those, he pulled the trigger in self-defense. It's just self-evident. Also, we're running through the backgrounds of some of these people that are involved that got shot. I mean, they got just, I mean, they've got all kinds of unbelievable crimes in their pasts. Oh, yeah. Multiple arrests, jailings, child molester in the case of this Rosenbaum convicted. So I'm watching some video that they're showing up on Fox right now as they uh, they they paused during the trial, as you heard Rittenhouse breaking down in tears there, and so they took a little break. But they're running video not of the shootings, but just of that night, what was going on there in Kenosha. I mean, it was just mayhem. I mean, it was like a like cities all across the country. God, we lost our mind as a country there for we a did. couple of weeks, where we just thought that's okay. We'll just have. You know, roving bands of rioters destroy businesses, beat people up, do whatever they want. Police will just back off and let them do it because, you know, they're mad. Um, So it was crazy. One of the craziest times in modern U.S. history. Yeah, Yeah, we'll let people's hopes and dreams and livelihoods be destroyed. We'll let black ex-cops be executed on the street, and we'll say, well, it's okay because they're angry. Billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of businesses destroyed. Just by lunatics who were just enjoying the opportunity because mayhem was on, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mayhem sort of guy. All, all bets are off now. There are new rules for anything. I'm going to go smash some people and some stuff and burn some things down. That's right, what civilization I'm, has been suspended. I'm going to make some hay. Yeah. And obviously there were a lot of people that were justifiably angry about uh, the, the police treatment of, of people of color, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. But that's not what's going on in these videos. These people that are smashing stuff and running around in masks and beating people, it's just, it was just mayhem. 
Well, and again, the age of the lad is a huge factor to me, just in terms of judgment, experience, training uh, with firearms, that sort of thing. On the other hand, the idea of citizens realizing our town is next, our town is tonight, the things that happen in all those other towns are about to happen to us, and the authorities are going to do nothing about it. If you want a smugly armchair quarterback, those citizens, for deciding to protect life, limb, and the pursuit of happiness, you go ahead and you judge. I, I, I'm thinking communities are going to do for themselves, and I defend their right to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the video of what it was like there in Kenosha during those days. I would not have showed up there with a gun thinking I'm going to make this better uh, by myself. But um, well, he I was with a group of folks. I understand why people would, uh, and you know, the younger you are, the different your view is of of life. Well, I'll tell you one thing: I would have thought, and I would have been wrong. I would have been completely wrong. I would have thought, like all of my life, the police are going to step in and stop this craziness. They're not going to let all these businesses burn down. Nope, they did. Yeah, by that point, it was pretty clear that that was the uh, uh, the modus operandi. God, we what just got to let the people riot and burn. They're angry. We don't dare make it worse by uh, intervening to protect the citizens. Yeah, there's a business just full of people uh, carrying out. Uh, that must be the mattress store because they're carrying out mattresses. Loot it back. Loot it back, say the quote-unquote civil rights leaders. Yeah. Wild. God dang it. I hope that was a blip a uh, high point in crime or low point in civilization, however you want to look at it, and not you know a point on a continuum of where we're headed as a country, because that was just insane there for a month or so. Wow, what were we? Th- what was going on? That, yeah, that we, we were decided- talking about it every day. Listen to the podcast. Well, I know, <laughs> but what was going on that we that that society thought that was okay to let that happen? The Fear mass of the media mob. The- capitulating. Well, and the mass media agreed with the politics of the looters, burners, and, and, and rioters. And so they didn't dare criticize them for going too far. You never criticize your own side. Right. Wow. Any commentary? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we have a news that's coming out while we're on the air today. A uh, trial that's going on for a man named Kyle Rittenhouse, who you might remember. A lot of news made during the aftermath of the George Floyd whole thing and the writing all across the country where he showed up to Kenosha, Wisconsin, where that town, like towns all across the country, were just mayhem everywhere. And he showed up hoping to do good with a gun, got into it with a couple of people, a couple of people got killed. Yeah, indeed. Uh, he ended up shooting three people, two of them fatally. Uh, his defense is self-defense, and uh, to me it's an open and shut case, honestly. Um uh, we've talked about it a great deal already. If you missed some of the commentary, caveats, etc., go back and get them via podcast. But continuing on with his uh, testimony, he uh, he broke down emotionally. They had to take a break. Um, uh, let's go with clip 69. You see Mr. Rosenbaum coming at you? Yes. And what do you do then? Um, after he throws the bag and he continues to run, he's gaining speed on me. A gunshot is fired from behind me. 
directly behind me and I take a few steps and that's when I turn around and as I'm turning around Mr. Rosenbaum is I would say from me to where the judge is uh, coming at me with his arms out in front of him he, he I remember his hand on the barrel of my gun. Ooh. And then uh, the attorney went on with questioning. Why didn't you just keep running? When I was over there, there were about a hundred people surrounding that that those cars, and there was no space for me to continue to run to. Okay. And so you turned around. Yes. And. As you see him lunging at you, what do you do? I shoot him. And how many times did you shoot? I believe four. And after you shot him, what did you do? Uh, the people around the the people around the cars that were originally there were not there anymore. Um, they they moved away, and I ran around to see if I could help Mr. Rosenbaum. And when you got to Mr. Rosenbaum, what was happening? Mr. McGinnis was, he took off his helmet and slammed it on the ground and took off his shirt. And I don't remember what he said. I um, wasn't focused on that. I was in shock, sort of. The defense, again, uh, is self-defense. One more clip. This is compelling stuff. Uh, After that incident, he was chased down the road by... uh, a couple of different uh, gents, including this Gage Grosskreutz, who was cross-examined earlier and admitted that he wasn't shot until he pointed a gun at the at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. But let's squeeze in 71. You called Dominic, and what do you say? I told them I just shot somebody. I had to shoot him. And what do you do then? Um, I now know it to be Kelly Zeminski, Joshua Zeminski, and I don't know the other people who were screaming get his ass, get his ass, get him, get him, get him. And based upon that, did you feel as though you were safe to stay where you were at? I thought the safest option would would be to go north down Sheridan to turn myself into the law enforcement down there. And as you head down Sheridan Road, describe what's going on. As I'm running, at first I'm in the sidewalk and Mr. Lakowski, um, Jason Lakowski, is in the sidewalk, and I stop to talk to Mr. Lakowski for a brief second. I remember telling him that I just shot somebody and I need help to get to the police because the crowd, there was a, not a crowd, a mob was chasing me. And did Mr. Lakowski offer you any help? I, I don't remember. Okay, what do you do then? I I continued to run after hearing people say, people were saying, cranium him, get him, kill him. People were screaming, and I just was trying to get to the police running down Sheridan Road. And you say, I'm trying to get to the police. Why were you trying to get to the police? Because I didn't do anything wrong. I defended myself. Did you feel as though there was safety where the police were? Yes. And as you head down Sheridan Road, What's the next thing you remember? The next thing I remember is Anthony Huber striking me in the head with a skateboard. Oh, and uh, if you've been following the story, we've all seen that video from where that picks up. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even know how you'd remember this stuff. I mean, because you'd be be in such a 
uh, fight or flight like you've never been in before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have one more clip we can squeeze in. Uh, I think the I think it explains itself. If not, we'll explain after. 72. As you sit here today, do you remember talking to Gage Grosskutz? Yeah, uh, sort of, a little bit. I didn't know it was Gage Grosskutz when he came up to me, but sort of. Okay. And when this individual runs up to you and gets how close? Um, I would say within a foot. Did you shoot him? I did not. Did you point your gun at him? I did not. Why not? I didn't see him as a threat to my safety or life. Okay, was he armed at that time? Not that I noticed. And that was the same guy later who um, pointed a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse's face, and that's when he was sh- when Kyle shot him in the uh, in the bicep. Uh, he testified earlier for the prosecution and said, "No, he didn't shoot me until I pointed a gun in his head." Um, so that was not a very good prosecution witness. I I think my overall thought would be uh, we can't let our cities get this out of control ever again because lots and lots of these kind of things are going to happen when you got, you know, anarchy happening in the streets. Indisputably. Of course. Yeah. If you have no law and order, you will have outlaws and disorder. And people trying to take order into their own hands for whatever reason. Because they have to. Because they have to. Yeah, we can't let our cities ever get this out of control again. I'm not sure that there are that many people in charge of cities that agree with me, though. So, oh, my God. Armstrong and Getty.